growth is always about pain. Not only about pain, hopefully, but also about pain. And if you grow, you go through phases where you have pain. And the question is more like, how do you deal with that? Can you open your heart in that time? Do you look at your limited beliefs? Do you look at your limits? Why there are the limits? Go through them, develop, grow, and then go on the next phase. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Welcome to Superhumans at Work by Mind Valley. I'm your host, Jason Mark Campbell. And before we get started, tell me, if you could change anything in your life, what would it be? Would it be your body, your career, your relationships? Thankfully, you don't have to choose. As a Mind Valley member, you'll get instant access to the wisdom of world class personal growth teachers and programs that can evolve you in every way for just $2 a day. Are you ready to make a change? Start transforming your life today at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I have an extraordinary innovator, speaker, startup entrepreneur with a passion that is joining us today. And we're going to go over some of the basics around what's happening in the climates for those of you who might be considering starting a business, currently running a business, as well as just some great tips and innovation ideas that you can implement in whatever it is that you're starting. So you can go out there with force, with the right intentions, and really be someone that's powerful to create something great. Now, Alexander Mueller, who is my guest today, is the CEO and founder of Graytor, a company that provides valuable inspirational insight and unique coaching to people so they can live happy, successful, fulfilled lives by supporting their personal and professional development. Now, I love the fact that Graytor is made up of the word greatness and creator because that's exactly what you want to achieve. And this is really where we're going to go dig deeper into the topic. Now, Alex's company get this, has been named the best place to work in Germany for companies between 50 and 100 employees. So I'm so curious about understanding what were the principles he put in place to make that happen and how you can live up those principles, whether you're an employee, entrepreneur yourself, management position, all of that. He has been managing director at three innovative companies. He's a university lecturer at the Steinbase University Berlin, which I've probably said that name wrong, but that's okay. He'll be able to correct me if that's the case. And this man really is an expert when it comes to entrepreneurship, innovations, and startups. With that, Alexander, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason, for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm super excited to do this interview. I think this topic of startups, business, entrepreneur, I've had guests talk about it, but I always feel we can get more ideas and people that are really on the edge of wanting to start their own thing need to be given that push, need to be given kind of that motivation. And I'd be curious to know, whenever you encounter people, and they are thinking of jumping the ship and going into entrepreneurship. Do you usually give them words of wisdom or words of caution in the process? I mean, that's a pretty good question. I think there's not really uh, one way to answer that. On one side, I really challenge people who want to found their own company because it is not an easy one. And you will go through a lot of challenges and you will have a lot of dark times, probably, not always, but many of us who founded a company know these times. And I think if you found a company, you should know about these 
type of phases at the same time. At the same time, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I found my first company, I think, when I was at the age of six, <laughs> which is not knowing that it was a company I founded. So I really love bringing up ideas, building teams around an idea and bring it to life. So I love entrepreneurship. So at the same time, I also know how great it is to build your own ideas and bring it to life. But I think as everything in life that has two sides and to really challenge the people, what is the reason? Why do you want to make uh, your own company? Why do you want to found your own company? What is the reason behind? What is the motivation? What do you expect from that? I think to challenge that always helps to get to help people to find the right decision. Perfect. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, because you talk about how when you went on the journey, you, you had an idea, but you didn't really know, but you discovered the ups and the downs of what it means to be an entrepreneur. And so is there even any way of truly knowing what that journey looks like without even jumping and doing it? Like for anybody who's on the fence and they're looking for that piece of information before starting, is there such a thing as getting it without doing it? No, at the end, it's like everything you really can only experience if you do it, of course. So I'm not the guy who says, think through everything beforehand for years, months, sometimes not even weeks. So I read a book 20 years ago, which says, uh, think big, start small. And I really believe in that. Like, of course, even if you have big vision, if you have big dreams, if you have big ideas, when you uh, want to found a company, yes, have the big ideas, have the big dreams, but start small, like don't wait too long, like make the first steps, make the first experience, experience it, make the first, select the first data when you want to have a product, make the first test when you want to educate people, if you want to coach people, if you want to reach or build up a community, start doing it. It's so easy today, but at the same time, what I experience sometimes is that the people have wrong expectations from finding a company, getting rich quick, for example, or having a lot of freedom. The people think they found their own company and they reach a lot of freedom. And many people reach freedom with that. But also many people have freedom when they are working for a company. So I think the question is always, what is the reason, your purpose behind uh, founding a company? And challenging if this is really something you can achieve in a short amount of time or mid to long term. And um, if you really have, let's say, the, the right motivation to do it. That's actually a great segue to the question that comes to the tip of my tongue, which is, okay, if I'm looking to become an entrepreneur and some of my initial reasons for doing so is because I'm tired of my job, I hate my boss, I want to have more freedom, I want to experience this entrepreneur lifestyle, and Lord knows there's enough videos on YouTube that tell me that I can buy a program that'll get me there real quick and have a lot of success instantly. Um, so maybe I'd like to talk about what do you think is wrong with those motivations if they are wrong? And what are the motivations you think are key for someone to really make that jump? If you want to be free, earn a lot of money, go for your dreams, getting an entrepreneur might be the right way to achieve all that. But I think you can achieve the same things when you work for a company. So it's not necessary to do that, to be an entrepreneur, to reach these goals. So the question is, when you have a job right now, you don't have that situation in life right now. You don't find that in your life. The question is, what are the reasons behind? Is it really only the reason because you're working for a company, because you have a bad boss? Or what are the reasons behind? What is your mindset? What are your belief systems? What are your habits that you created that kind of life? So what 
did you brought into the game to create where you are right now? And only in changing from quitting the job and founding your own company, um, usually that is not the job because you need to change your mindset. You need to change behavior and many things. So it might be one step to the solution, but for sure it's not the only step. And maybe you can change some things, belief system, mindset, behavior, even in your current situation and create all that what you want even in working for a company. So I think it is easy to tell the story that in finding a company, every problem is solved. And I love being an entrepreneur, but I don't think that this is the right way for everybody. For many people, maybe much more people could do it if they would try it, if they would work on their mindset, if they would work on their fears to failure, for example, and, and could do the step. In, in Germany, there's a saying, I don't know if it's international, but um, the field on the other side is always more green than on your side. And well, the, the green is always greener. And um, I think there's a lot of truth also when it comes to working for a bad boss or being the own boss. Fair enough. Well, I, I love the saying as well that says, you know, when somebody doesn't like their boss and then they realize that when they start their own business, now they need to report to their clients. They're usually even more nasty than any boss you've ever had before. But putting that aside, I want to maybe focus more on the right reasons. And I mean, in your case, you've created Greator and you have a very clear company purpose for it, which I think you describe in the word self-realization. But I, I want to go into maybe your why and maybe give us an example of what motivated you to build this company, which is now named one of the best places to work, which I think is one metric of success you should definitely be celebrating. But what motivated you to make this a company you wanted to focus on and bring it to the level that it is today? Yeah, it's quite interesting because, I mean, it's also my personal purpose. This is not by accident. I think there's, there's some connections to that, of course. I got used to personal development when I was 15. And now I'm 35, so 20 years back. And uh, I came there by accident. I had no clue what personal development is or what coaching is. I didn't grow up in an environment where 20 years ago that was something common. And I got to a nine-day seminar which was at the age of 15, quite intense, you can imagine. And I came there by accident because my father got into a burnout at the age of 45. And he really uh, improved his life tremendously in that time by yeah, starting coaching, starting uh, to work on his, on his own, um, to, to start with personal development. And I came there because I was only curious because my father changed so much in a, in a short amount of time. And I was curious, like, what is he doing there? And I didn't understand when he, when he try to describe it like, yeah, you think about your thoughts and you change them. For me, that was, I have no clue what he was talking about. And even after these nine days, I had no clue what I have done there, but it felt great. I felt an energy and a happiness and a joy of life I haven't had before. There was a, um, I've done a meditation in, in these nine days, the very last day, and there was a moment where I really felt my, my own potential. And I realized that it's not limited. Like There was a moment where I felt it that I have unlimited potential in me, and I realized that this is not only my potential, this is the potential everybody has, which we don't realize in daily life, which we don't realize yeah, usually. And I never... I never stop being curious how can we more often feel that how can we more often develop that potential and at the end that potential i think is our creator in us is greatness in us is the possibility that we have to create our lives everybody of us and so i stopped or not i stopped i started i started to work on that 20 years ago and i never stopped for me personally 
At the same time, I always uh, founded companies the last 20 years. And 10 years ago, after founding different companies in different sectors, uh, from restaurants to events to different topics, but not personal development, I combined my big two passions, founding companies and doing personal development. For me, that was some kind of a breakthrough because I really started to make business or create a company working with a team on what I like most, personal development. And for me, that was key. And I realized how powerful it is to really concentrate more or less 100% on your biggest passion. And yeah, that was the... It was also the birth of, of Greater or Gedankentanken at that time. We had a different name for the company, which is quite German, which means something like mindful, mindfulness thinking. And we changed it to Greater one year ago, that also internationals understand what we are doing. Yeah, that is something what we really worked on. Like we really tried to focus on our purpose and that I think every company should do. First of all, find out what the purpose is. And we, we haven't done that on day one. It's not like that day one, we started the company and thought, oh, what's our purpose? Let's define it. It was more on, on the way. Like we already had events, we already had products, a community. But if you ask our team and, and me included, like what is our purpose? I'm quite sure with at that time, the 20 people who worked for Greater, uh, you got at least 21 answers on what, what our purpose is. And at that point, we, we started really to sit together and, and brainstorm and thought, what's the reason? Why are we doing that? And then we came with a, with a, with a procedure to the point. Uh, we had two separate groups who worked on that. And both groups, and for me, that's really, that was the goosebump uh, moment, where both groups presented their results and they had the same result. One word, self-realization. At that moment, and I, it was at a time in the company's history, to be honest, I wouldn't have the, the courage at that time to express that this could be our purpose and it came out of the teams. And for me, this was really an, an aha moment. And yeah, from that point on, we really openly communicated that this is our purpose. And I think everybody, every company should develop or should look at their own purpose, what suits them and what is their driver. But that really helps to create an engaging and a great culture to have that purpose clear and communicated and work your strategy around that purpose. Before we continue, I just want to tell you a little bit about Mindvalley membership. For all of you personal development junkies like me out there, growing in one area of your life just isn't enough. And that's why we made Mindvalley membership to bring you the best personal growth programs on the planet so you can evolve every day in every way. Whether you want to get crazy fit, build a business, or manifest more money in your life, there's a quest for that. And now you can access every single one for just $2 a day. So if you're striving to become the best self and live the life you deserve, try out Mindvalley membership at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. There's a couple of things I picked up from what you just said. And one of them is that, you know, even when you just started, you didn't start the company being like, yep, this is our purpose. We're clear. Finally, we got that. Let's start selling our first product. It sounded like you actually get, had some things going before you could actually get closer to what that purpose is. And I'm going to want to dig deeper into that, but it sounds like it's almost like a, a second stage of the company that you start working on this type of work. So a question I'd have is, even before you got clear on this purpose, that really seems to have taken your company to the next level from where it was in the initial stages. Because, And the reason I bring this up is because Sometimes you, you go out and you try to learn, learn, learn. You hear different perspectives. You hear about going to find your purpose. And 
it might paralyze you from even getting started. And so I'd love to maybe take you back at the beginning and say like, should we start with trying to define this purpose or is there something more important we should just start with? I mean, if it's an easy way to create a purpose at the very beginning, of course, that's helpful. And maybe it, it saves you a lot of time and an effort if you came up with the purpose from the very beginning. To be honest, we didn't ask the question at the beginning. So we didn't have the awareness that at that time, I didn't have the awareness that it makes sense to create a clear purpose at the very beginning. And for me, that's totally fine. And, and sometimes maybe it's easy to answer that. Then do it. Give the answer and you can change it later on or if it makes sense. If you feel, find out a better purpose or most yeah, more more yeah better purpose, but if it feels difficult, it shouldn't hold you back from starting. Totally agree here. Perfect. And so when you got started, because obviously you started without that clarity. I know you did all the personal growth. So was it that you kind of had a fuzzy idea of what you wanted, and then you just moved even without having that certainty, or was there something you felt certain about before starting? Because I find myself that's something I struggle with. I'm like, should I stop everything and work harder on the purpose, or should I just get started even if I'm not certain? Start even if you're not certain. At that point, at the very beginning of Greater, we had the idea to, and it was also our slogan, the German version, which is translated to, we bring people forward. But Audi and Mercedes does that as well. So bringing people forward, I would say, and of course, in the sense of education, let's call it education, in the sense of education on inspiring them. That was the purpose, the not written down purpose from the very beginning in, in part of our culture. And we realized that it's nice to inspire people. It's nice to bring people forward. But at a later stage, after very few years, we realized that's nice. But when we look at our initiatives, when we look at different products at that time, different things we've done at that time, we realized our passion and also the success of our customers is the biggest when it's about self-fulfillment, when we really go deep with our customers, when we really make it possible for our community really to go through a transformation. And by realizing that, that this is biggest fun, that this is the biggest value we create, that these are the most successful customers going through that transformation, we realized we not only want to bring people forward, we really want to help them, guide them, give them the tools to really create transformation in their lives. By realizing then, it was clear that this is our deeper purpose. And I, I love how this actually translated in the awards you won here, which I think is really impressive and worth digging on, is being the best place to work in Germany. And so I'd love to know, what were the, some of the steps you've done once you've identified this purpose even more clearly to make it so that the team assembled around that and now they have such a spark and a joy to work for your company? Can you walk us a bit through what that looks like and what are things that we could be able to do to nurture that employee culture that's so stunning as you have in Greater? Yeah, for me, the, the foundation, uh, if you're able to create it, it makes sense to have the purpose. So we did that. We did it with the entire team. It was nothing that I brought up alone. It was the opposite. The team developed it. And I was shocked, as I just explained, that they came up with that point. I wouldn't have the courage to, I would think that, that he's crazy now. It's getting on a spiritual trip or something like that. So I wasn't even brave enough to, to, to bring that up. So the team did it, which is helpful because at the end, the team needs, needs commitment for the purpose. So Create the purpose. That's a good foundation. Then what we did is we have gone through our company and or 
so, so, so we collected what made us strong in the past. What is special about our culture, about us, about our skills, about how we behave? What are our core values that the company is based on? And we haven't talked about that consciously before. And by talking about it, we did also a workshop and collected six different core values. And they also were developed by the team. Um, and we really, let's say, we really streamlined them and challenged them, like, what are we standing for as a company, as a team? And we came up with these core values. And since then, we show them in the office. So you see them here at the walls, like positive monster, community success, own it, and, and some more. And they are part of our daily life. Like when we recruiting people, we do that and taking the core values and holding them next to our candidates and decide for the candidate who's at the closest to our core values. When we do a yearly review with all our people and we get, give us 360 feedback in all directions, including the CEO, including the intern, we challenge ourselves on the base of our core values. So we really keep them alive in daily life and really cultivate And we also renew our core values every two years because culture change, we change as a company, we develop further. Um, we're getting better in our core values or in, in pointing out what is really important for us. And so we every two years, we optimize them. So if you have a purpose, if you have clear core values, so your strength, you can cultivate. Based on that, we developed our strategy and also developed it further and further over the years but create a strategy which is focusing on the purpose. I think this is a big difference what we did from, from many other companies. Or if the purpose is, I don't know, value creation on a stock exchange or, or IPO, if this is, or maximizing the, uh, the editor, if your purpose is that and you optimize your strategy on that, it creates a different company and a different culture. And it doesn't really connect to the people. So develop a strategy based on your, on your purpose. I think that's another key. and then make the strategy alive for everybody and, and find ways that everybody can connect to the strategy, can contribute to the strategy. That everybody knows, how can I contribute in terms of KPIs? How can I make it, how can I measure my personal contribution to the company's strategy? And at the same time, of course, logically also in optimizing the purpose. In making that transparent, making that measurable, showing it to everybody what the strategy is, what the objectives are you are you're facing on with all the activities you do. I think this holistic approach of purpose, core values, strategy, making it transparent, measuring it uh, in daily life and execution, this combination creates a culture where people can connect to, feel happy, feel connected, and like to work for. Well, I was going to say, like one of the things that come to mind is when you said these first off, It sounds to me like what you're saying, and I would definitely say that I've seen ha this happen at Mind Valley. Is you define these values, you have this purpose. Now you start having a natural filter, not only on who you bring on the team, which is a huge value add because now you start hiring the right people that are a culture fit. You also start understanding what are the real priorities that are aligned with these values. You now have a code of conduct and ethics within the company, so there's a better, clear understanding of how everybody operates within the company. I'd assume it also you know, resonates and attracts the type of clients that also have these types of values, or at least recognize value in those statements. And where I also notice is the fact that you've involved your team a lot. 
which seems to have translated to giving them a large sense of ownership over the value creation, the purpose statement, which means they feel like they also own a piece of the strategy. So obviously, if everybody's engaged, there's a lot more ownership to it, a lot more accountability to it. But I kind of wanted to ask you, Alex, because most founder CEOs have companies, it's their little baby. And in your case, you're giving your little baby to your employees to be able to set these values. Was that something difficult for you to relinquish? Because oftentimes you, I've seen examples where most of the times you want to keep that control. So what was your process into allowing others to shape the values of your baby? Yeah, that, that's a good question, especially when it comes to the core values. And so far, I think we found a good mixture between giving the freedom to the team to work on that values. But at the same time, they want to have that right as a founder, as a CEO, as somebody who has impact on the culture, to be also an instance in that process. So I could not agree on a core value I cannot agree on. I don't feel comfortable with And to find that right mixture, of course, is, might be a challenge. To be honest, when it comes to core values, for me, it wasn't so far. So it's to create core values is not, at the end, a 100% democratic process. So it's always, and I think it's not only about core values, it's in general about strategy, it's about decision-making, it's about freedom, not freedom of decision-making. Of It's always find the right mixture. A company, if it's 100% democratic, doesn't work out. Agile, in terms of I decide on my own what is the right thing, doesn't work out if it's too extreme. But also the old way of leading a company, like being, uh, what is the English word for it? Being a patriarch or a patron. I don't know the... The, the patriarchy. I yeah, exactly. The term there. That doesn't work out anymore as well. This is also too extreme for today's time. So at the end, I think it's always a mixture of finding the right balance. The people need to be involved. It makes sense for emotional reasons to be involved, but also to get their knowledge and heart being expressed. And it, wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't be smart if you don't involve people in decision-making. But company at the same time or a company entrepreneurship or a company isn't a democratic organization that doesn't work out as well. Fair enough. Now, if I can understand correctly what we've talked about so far, which I think is fascinating, is that, you know, given the success you've had with Greater, given the success you have with everybody that you work with, you're basically saying that you've been able to find what is a purpose that really aligns with what you've created the business for. It actually has a lot of alignment with your personal values and personal purpose as well. So as the creator CEO, whatever is the business you create, you want to make a check that it's not disconnected from yourself because you're going to be a critical part of that company there's been a lot of involvement of the team to ensure that there's that ownership within the creation of that purpose. But again, there's a bit of a caveat here is that it is not fully democratic. You still hold that leadership position as the founder CEO so that you make sure that whatever is coming up, there's a bit of a veto process. But in case of great, or you actually had some really good people on the team and they were able to concretize whatever that purpose was, whatever those values were, because they were already a great culture fit. And so you didn't have to use that veto power too often. But the moment you were able to do this, you're able to find more people to recruit that align to those values. You're able to take strategies that really have the values and the purpose at its foundation, which means, you know, I love the saying that says most companies die of indigestion, not starvation. In your case, you had clarity, you had direction that was guided by these values and by that purpose. So you wouldn't find yourself going into any other idea just to maximize profits. 
you know the things that not only made an impact, but also aligned to the value. So it made you be able to sift through all the possibilities. And I wanted to kind of bring it up to this point, because throughout the interview, I've heard you use the word that I think is very powerful a few times, which is courage. And I was going to ask you, Alexander, as you've now run a company, which I don't know how, how many employees you have now between 50 and 100, obviously. 120, yeah. 120 employees. So I'd be curious to ask you, what are the current things that you now face as challenges now that you've grown beyond 100 employees that you feel still demands courage and is a challenge that comes up now that you have so many people? Yeah, it's a good point. And before you ask that question, I want to bring the point because it sounds so easy and so fancy to, to go that way. And it sounds like our company differs from so many other companies. I think at the end, it doesn't. And it's really tough what I just what I just explained to go through the process. And when we have gone through the process the first time, we were 20 people. And I believe that if we wouldn't have gone through that process uh, first time, I think five years ago, we wouldn't be there where we are right now. At the same time, we go through the process again and again. Because when you grow as a company, but also as a CEO, as a founder, or the people who are in the company for, for many years, of course, you go through growth phases, which are sometimes very hard because the company, the culture change. When you are 120 people, I think you know these kind of phases from Mind Valley as well. You go through challenging phases because a company with above 100 people is a totally different company. Even if you keep your culture in a certain way, or you keep the purpose for sure, that change a lot. You are not the family anymore. You don't have the family feeling anymore. You still have, compared to other companies, quite well feeling. And it seems a bit like a family, but it's not like the same with 40 than with 140 people. And to understand that, to go through that growth phases is sometimes very painful. But this is, in my personal opinion and experience over many, many years of personal development, company development, growth is always about pain. Not only about pain, hopefully, but also about pain. And if you grow, you go through phases where you have pain. And the question is more like, how do you deal with that? Can you open your heart in that time? Do you look at your limited beliefs? Do you look at your limits? Why there are the limits? Go through them, develop, grow, and then go on the next phase. And I mean, as a company now with 120 people, um, we exactly go through such a phase. And sometimes that's painful. And sometimes there are people who don't want to follow anymore, who say, this is not the company I started for. I started for 20 people, 40 people. That is not the, the company I want to go with in the future. And that's totally fine. And they're coming, you're attracting new people who are the right people for the same phase. But that's painful if you lose friends, if you lose colleagues, if you lose partners. But this is, this is how life is. This is how life always works. Everything is in change. If everything keeps the same, that's not life. A wood or a tree always grows, always develops further. If a tree cannot grow, he's dying. And this is how life is. This is how culture is. This is also how a company always needs to develop. It always needs some kind of change. And we have gone through difficult phases. I mean, COVID hit us um, in terms of events, which we need to postpone, but also in terms of not being that connected. Like, of course, virtual work works, communication works in theory, but 
It's a difference if you only are connected by Zoom or if you are in one room, if you live together, not only virtual, real, if you have, yeah, if you have these beers together, if you watch football together, or uh, even if Germany is losing in the European Championships, even if this was not a, the best experience, but it was an experience with my colleague yesterday. And, and these kind of things we really missed. And we had faces uh, the last uh, one and a half years where two thirds of our company started during COVID times. You can imagine to onboard people and all that really is a challenge. So, and we have gone through that challenges and we are still in, in some kind of these challenges. But again, also there, you grow. You grow as a leader, you grow as a team. You remember what is really important for you. You concentrate back on some strengths you had in the past. Maybe you lost a bit or you forgot to focus on. That's also something you go through when you grow. Beautiful stuff, Alexander. I particularly relate to a little point you mentioned, and I want to draw attention to it, which is as you grow, you realize that maybe some of the people that were there initially are not necessarily the people you need for where you are now. And I had to go through this lesson myself as an employee, because when I started at Mindvalley, it was a smaller company. And as it started growing much bigger, I found myself actually not aligning with the strategy, not aligning with the purpose anymore, that I had to make the hard decision. And it was actually difficult as an employee to be like, oh my God, like this is my baby. I spent so many years here too. I feel like I've been part of this growth journey. So not being the CEO as an employee, I thought that was also something difficult to face and something that demanded courage to go and acknowledge saying, maybe my journey here is done. And so in the process, I've translated my arrangement with Valley, so it would actually allow me that room to grow. And I have taken the dip into being an entrepreneur myself, which again, as you've mentioned, is a journey that has its own challenges. It has its own benefits. But I think with what you've shared today, you've given us some great insights on what are the things to expect, how we can have that courage to take the start and how there's gonna be growth and challenges throughout the whole journey, which makes it a beautiful journey indeed. Alexander, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your personal wisdom. And I also want to make sure that everybody tuning in, make sure you go and check out Greator. And we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can discover more about this great company and how you can participate in its growth and how it's actually supporting a lot of people as well. And this has been a fantastic conversation. So thanks again, Alexander Mueller, for coming in and sharing all this wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you, Jason. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you haven't signed up already, be sure to check out Mindvalley membership. Besides getting unlimited access to our top rated programs and trainers, you'll also join an incredible supportive community on our new Connections app. This is basically a global campus where you find like-minded friends, mentors, and accountability partners from around the world online or get together at local meetups. If you want education that connects you with kindred spirits and transforms you from the inside out, join the tribe at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman today. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mindvalley podcast.